Hello, my lovelies. You are now listening to The Vow, Voice of Women. The intention of this podcast is to empower women through sharing of real life stories. We have a fab lineup of inspiring, kick-ass, real, dedicated women. We're going to get down and dirty. What has made these women successful? What makes them tick? How do they handle conflict? And what might they eat in a day? So here we go. Megan, how are you? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you so much for being here. I am sitting across from Meg, and she's just she she's a breath of fresh air. She looks like she kind of walked out of like a Ralph Lauren ad anytime I see her, and she just has this sense of style that I think you are born with. I just I honestly believe that some people have a style and. It's just who they are. And you have that it factor, Megan. You always have from the day I met you. I've known Megan for about five years and just super excited to have you. So thank you for being here. I'm thinking the same thing about you when you come up the stairs with your beautiful outfits (laughs) and your high heel shoes. I'd fall down flat. Well, see, we each have our own unique style. Not one is better than the other. They're just different. So, Meg, you have been organizing for over 14 years now, and before we kind of hop into Go Simplified, I'd love our guests just to get to know you a little bit. So tell us about your family and your kids and where you grew up and what makes Meg, Meg? This is like asking me to dance. I'm, I know. She, I'm afraid she of dance. this question. I'm sweating. Um, I am pretty passionate. I'm pretty determined and stubborn at times uh, and persistent, and I... I like to help people who I see could use help or people who have reached out to me and explain the same story about their homes. And um, so that, you know, that keeps me going. It keeps me interested. Um, it keeps me busy, that's for sure. And I, I jump at every call I get. So um, I love helping women. I like the reward. You know, a couple of the girls who work with me can tell sometimes I get disappointed when someone doesn't react right away um, because I love the reaction. I like to get that reaction from people and get rewarded. It keeps me going. Uh, and so were, are you born and raised Calgarian? I'm actually from Edmonton. I'm, okay. I'm from Edmonton. I went to University of Victoria and then I settled back in Calgary with some girlfriends and, and established my network of friends here when I was probably 19 or 20 and, and stayed. I love Calgary. And you have two kids. I have two children, yes, and two dogs. My, my children are uh, 15 and 12, a uh, girl and a boy, and uh, two little puppies too. And Tanya sold me my beautiful house. I love, love your house. Love my house, love my space. Um, really changed my life three years ago. Aww. Was going through a divorce and had a, a little bungalow, which was great, but I kept trying to. Uh, make it better and make it make it a little bit bigger for us and and I needed a garage so Tanya found this house for me and Aww, yeah, it's a changed beautiful my life yeah it's funny how a house can do that like I always say that I joke and say I'm gonna die in my home like they're gonna pull me out in a body bag but our house similar to what you're saying it is it brings me so much joy nice. especially with this last year and a half we've been in like when I go home I my my spirit is lifted I have this sense of peace nice. it's and so 
I love that you said that because your home is just, it's so important, isn't it? It is important. And, and we'll talk a little bit about that because it can be the other way, Tanya. Mm-hmm. Um, people can avoid their houses mm-hmm. because there are things in them that they have to deal with and they don't want to. So, um, you know, again, I, I guess it's because I love my space so much and it's so sacred to me. And I, I love opening the blinds and having the light come in. And, and um, so I can't imagine what it would be like to not have that and I want to be able to give that to people because it is attainable it's just sometimes we get in our own way and the things we want the most we tell a big story about mm-hmm. and make excuses so I, I try to help people gently and never judge and I've been there I've been in spaces I don't like so I think I can relate a little bit to be able to help people to get out of that situation so tell us about what Go Simplified is this is a company it's your baby you've caressed it and then let's kind of segue into the neuroscience of what Go Simplified does. Sure, that's a good question. Uh, so Simplified's a company that helps people who get behind the eight ball in their homes. They get stuff accumulated and they don't know what to do to get out and get organized and, and declutter. Um, I work a lot with realtors too, realtors who want to help or realtors who need to get houses sold and they have clients who need help. Um, So we help people pack, we help people unpack, we help people set up their homes, we help people declutter, and we really help people organize once they have decluttered to get systems in their houses. We call them towns, we joke. We've got lunchbox town, we've got cat town, we've got golf club town. Uh, all these towns because you can't really be successfully organized if you don't have places to put things away. That's kind of the key because if you know if you're looking at a pencil, for example, if you don't have a drawer where the pencils go, what are you going to do with the pencil? You're going to throw it into any drawer. So what we do is we try to go into homes and set up the systems that they need to be successful and then the organizing stays the way it was because the systems are in place. Mm, so good systems equal longevity. Exactly. A lot of people reply to my Instagram and say, you know, we'll do an after shot. And they say, well, how long is that going to last? And to be honest, it, it does usually last a long time because it's set up the right way. Now, everybody needs to constantly purge because we know things are always coming into homes and we have to have an equal amount of things coming out of homes. And that's when the system falls apart. Um, we were talking earlier about some things that stop people from letting go. And we'll talk about that again, maybe, because I think it's really important um, as, we, as we progress in our conversation. So let's then hop into the neuroscience. And I've never really thought about, like, and again, this is like, you know, me living my life. I don't think about organizing and neuroscience go hand in hand. But, you know, we were chatting um, before we started taping the, the podcast and, you were telling me some circumstances, uh, some examples that I'd love you to share with our listeners about uh, the correlation between the two and how you are using neuroscience to organize. Sure. Um, I actually went down to California to take a course. Um, Everybody had always said I should meditate and I was never open to meditation because I I couldn't do it. But I found this form of, of meditation called Yoga Nidra, which is kind of sleep meditation. And it's guided. It's like a half an hour guided meditation that it equals a three-hour nap. It's it's amazing, and I do I do it every day religiously. And in I, when I was getting certified at one of the courses, I met a neurologist or a, sorry a neuroscientist named Andrew Huberman, 
um, from Stanford, and he was so adamant about this form of meditation. He uses it with Navy SEALs. They use it with um, war veterans. Um, it, it's got all sorts of um, ways it can be used. Anybody can use it. But he got me thinking. I got so interested in the neuroscience behind um, feelings, emotions, perspective, letting things go, letting emotions go, letting stories go. And there was a, a correlation. Everything he was saying was the same about people letting their things go mm. and um, how anxiety and fear, which he studies in his lab, are the same anxiety and fear that we have in our homes when we don't want to let things go. We make excuses of why we need to hang on to things. We want to be organized, but, but we've got these triggers that stop us from being organized. Um, and I, I coach clients through that because there's a, there's a number of reasons, but we try to coach them through that and give them permission to let things go. Um, so anyway, the, their neurology just became extremely interesting to me and helpful to be able to coach clients. Wow. And so I can only imagine, like, I'm, uh, as I was mentioning, I, like, don't hang on to anything. Like, I think I throw some stuff out. My husband's like, oh, my gosh, why did you throw that out? And I'm like, because you haven't used it in six months. Right. <laughs> you know, but I do know and I see this with many clients' homes that they have kept stuff from years and years and years and years ago. And so why do people do this? Why do people hang on to things and have had such a hard time letting go? And I know it's very common. Super common. And I, I do it too. It's all a bit of, it's all in us because we are hunters and gatherers and we were created to gain things. You know, if you see something on the side of the road, you think automatically, you know, not even consciously, you think, can I use that? <laughs> Should I take it? Um, maybe not you, Tanya. Go in my kitchen. Maybe not you, but a lot of people do. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of things that stop people from letting things go. Like I said, one because we were designed to not let things go. Right. But often we maybe you can relate to this. You've bought something and you there's sort of some shame attached because you spent some money and it was a bad purchase, but you don't want to let it go because then you have to admit that it was a bad purchase. Yes, I can right? admit to that. This has happened to me on more than one occasion. And and I, I know my example for why I hang on to things is I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And so I'm, I'm sort of fearful of regretting the decision, right? It, it, I don't want to do it wrong, so I don't do anything about it. And you probably um, have dealt with people who have like an actual hoarding mentality and that must be a very difficult client to work with because usually there's trauma and something pain else, yeah. and something that's underlying so can you speak to us about that well it, th those those are tricky and and very sensitive um sometimes if there's trauma and loss the things that we have make us feel safe and secure mm -hmm. right it's because it we know them they're safe and so we want to keep them around us um something that's really common is I if I had a dollar for every piece of china and silver and you know a train set that belonged to my father or the the sentimental items are I think one of the hardest things we tell people sometimes to take a photo um, it's not really necessarily the physical item they want to hang on to it's the memory of the parent and the guilt if they let it go um, and we always remind people that your mom probably would want you to let it go because she certainly doesn't want you to look at the china and curse yourself for holding on to it. There's an emotional cost every time, consciously or subconsciously, whether you recognize it, every time you curse, cringe, 
criticize yourself for not making a decision, sometimes just making the decision is much better for our mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are just really kind, Tanya. Maybe that's you. They collect gifts, they collect things because they want to be able to give it to their brother's sister's wife's nephew. And they want to get it to the right person and they don't really know what to do with it. And they don't like to waste things, so they don't want to, they, they don't know where the right place is to dispose of it, so it's easier to hang on to it. Mm-hmm. And so when you're talking through this, you're in, in a lot of ways, you're like a psychologist with them because you're helping them part with things that they don't want to part with or can't part with. So how do you, how does that process work? I'm just picturing you being, say, with me and I'm like, you know, Megan, I can't get rid of this because this was my daughter's, you know, I, you know, when she was two, three, four, five, and six and she you know, she drew this beautiful picture, but then I have a hundred pictures right. and I have nowhere to put them. So how do you, how do you let people let go of those well, things? Well, it's funny. Often sometimes after I've worked with a client for a few hours, I, it's even just their body language. They pick something up and their body tells them to get rid of it, but their mind tells them to hang on to it. And I can see that right away. And I give them a kind of look and they say, I should let it go, shouldn't I? Right? They know. <laughs> they know. And it's, so it's just giving it's just giving them permission and yes. helping coach them. So I tell people, sometimes bring in your friend if you want to declutter your house. You need somebody who you trust who isn't going to judge you because oh, that's like that. very important. We never judge people because we all get behind the eight ball. Of course. And, and you don't like to do your own stuff. Really. Yeah. You don't like to do your own areas. So when I get behind, I bring in my team. I don't, I don't do my stuff alone necessarily. Um, so they come in and they help me because it is really hard to do your own, your own space. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually I can tell right away by the body language. And if you're asking, if, if, it, if you're asking, it's usually a no, and you know, you need to let go of it. You just need to talk yourself through it. So again, sometimes taking pictures helps. The other thing, Tanya, you were talking about your daughter and hanging on to things is the worst thing that people can do is hang on to things and give them to their daughters or sons and have them hang on to it because then they feel badly because they think that you wanted it and you didn't really care. So it's good to cycle that stuff through, you know, make a iPhoto album, take pictures. Um, If something's really important to you, get a shadow box and put it up Mm -hmm. on the wall. But collections are sometimes kind of silly because Mm -hmm. how good is a collection if it's in a bin downstairs in your basement? It's so true. You know, I was at this garage sale, I sold this estate um, and they had all of this beautiful china sitting outside and I I have a full china set and I could have taken another full china set because there was so much china but I thought what am I going to do with this so there were three little saucers and three little cups that were all different and they were pastelli bone china and I thought I'm just going to take those three because I love them so much and I'm going to put them in my cupboard where I we have coffee and tea on a regular basis and I know that they're going to get used So I brought them home and then I took out four of my other mugs that are hideous that went with some other set that I have. And then I replenished. So I took out and I put back in, but I didn't add. And you said the word love, Tanya. You love them, right? They they struck a chord in you. I think some people take things out of guilt, right? Mm -hmm. They'll take something because it might work and they might be able to fix it. And, And it was their dad's drill that maybe was missing a part. So, you know, it is tricky. It is, you have to use, um, I have to use kid gloves a lot and try to coach people through it. But there is a big difference too between tidying, cleaning, organizing, and decluttering. And you cannot do 
the first three until you've decluttered. Mm. So it's always the first step and it's the hardest step. Yeah. And so, okay, let's talk about um, maybe a client that you've helped in the last 12 months or 24 months that kind of, you know, struck a chord with you or was memorable because I know you helped so many people. Uh, that's, uh, there is a lot of people, but I can think of one client actually, and she, um, we helped her. She, she's on a lot of boards. She's very busy. She's a lawyer, um, super, super kind, takes a lot on. Um, and she, we did her mudroom in her kitchen. And at the end of it, she physically kind of fell to her knees and cried and, and, I mean, again, there's the reaction that I don't have to get it, but it is nice. And she just was so relieved that she didn't have to look at that mess anymore. And she's a very intelligent woman and very successful, but she was criticizing herself and judging herself. And um, there was that nagging subconscious voice that she knew something was right. It's almost like when you go on a trip and you you forget something or you you wonder if you've forgotten something. And you know something's not right. And that's often how people feel about their house. And it's just, it's really in the background, but it's nagging them all the time. So she was just so relieved that she didn't have to hear that voice anymore because mm. it doesn't serve us. That voice doesn't help anybody. No. Well, and I, I think to your point, like she's this professional, she's on this board, boards, and we do beat ourselves up yes. as women, yes. you know, and we want to be all things to all people. But it's very difficult to have this very robust career and come home and have your home look perfect. It just, it's not realistic. Right. And so if something has to give, I love the fact that she had the foresight to say, I can't get this done, but I'm going to hire somebody who can help me through this. Yeah. And we know, we know how long it takes us to do certain things. It takes us six hours, two of us, three hours, or one of us, six, six hours to do a kitchen properly. So where, Tanya, are you going to find six solid hours um, where you aren't going to walk away? The phone's not going to ring. You're not going to be distracted. Never. You know, it's, it's sort of that um, deep work. I read a book called Deep Work, and, and I use a lot of these books that I read to help me be able to coach people because it's just not going to happen. You're not going to be able to carve out that time. So you're going to get it ripped apart and then you're going to get distracted and then it's not going to go back. And so it, I mean, get a friend to help you get, get somebody, you know, and trust to help you or, or, or get professional help the same way as you'd get a, a coach to help you at the gym. Exactly. Right? That's right. And so for our listeners, I mean, all this can sound probably pretty daunting. I mean, you talked about cleaning, decluttering, organizing, and what was the fourth you said cleaning, decluttering, organizing, there was one more. Tidying. Tidying. Thank right? you. Yeah. So where where does someone get started? <laughs> it's a good question. Um, I, I often tell people to um, start in their bathrooms. I know it seems oh. weird and people are like, well, that's weird. But if you start in your, in your bathroom uh, under the sink uh, or somewhere in the bathroom, um, there isn't a lot of sentimental things in there. You're not going to find pictures. You're not going to find. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but you're you're not going. It's typically not a place where there's a lot of memories and sentimental items stored. But that's it's true. We find them all over the place sometimes. Um, but and your brain isn't wired to be good at it right away, right? I think a lot of people beat themselves up and they think, well, why can't I organize? And some people aren't good cleaners either. Um, you can't be good at everything, right? So um, you need to kind of start to wire your brain so that your brain has had success um, to do it. So I say start in the bathroom because you're not going to have those hard areas. And 
it's really rewarding too, especially for women, because then every morning is going to be easier and quicker to get ready. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. going to have all my tampons together. I'm going to yeah, have tampon all Tampon town will I'm be gonna... organized. Yeah. <laughs> All the all that stuff, yeah. all in perfect little one little place boxes yeah. in one yeah. place. I'm gonna and have my my cap for my shower, my you're curling ready to iron. Go. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm good. And, and you said the word perfect too. And I often say, you know, I'm not lazy and I don't cut corners, but I'm not always looking for perfection. It has to be good, mm-hmm. you know, like. But good enough, like you don't want to be lazy and say, oh, is this good enough when you really don't know, when you know it's not good enough. But it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be functional, has to work, mm-hmm. has to kind of look good, but it doesn't have to look perfect. And that's why sometimes I think people get turned off by some of the big shows on TV because it's it's unrealistic. It is. And I it's expensive. Agree. So, yes. um, you know, I, I wanted to go back to to the the one thing that's psychologically hard about your own space, and that's why I think starting in the bathroom is easy. Is if you start in the storage room and you run into those things right away that are emotionally hard, uh, and um, I was just thinking, I've had a lot of women ask me, "What do I do with my wedding dresses?" Wedding dresses are like the the hardest thing, right? But when we feel anxious and we're nervous adrenaline builds in our system so if you're looking at a messy house and you want to start somewhere and you're starting to get anxious well it's because adrenaline's kicking in because we're designed to eat or be eaten right and so that adrenaline builds and enough adrenaline builds in your system you quit that's why people start a workout and then they quit because there's too much adrenaline but if you can interrupt that path with a bit of dopamine and reward yourself and stay on the ladder if you're in a workout, if you laugh or if you do, you know, something happens, dopamine hits and you stay on the ladder. So when people are doing their houses, we make jokes about town and it, it's it's a joke, but it's not a joke. Like we, we make it funny because it gets tense. People get anxious. They, they don't really want to be making these decisions as much as they want to be doing their houses. They get they get uptight and sometimes they get mean, but they, they get anxious. But that anxiety is good to lean into. It's good to feel that. That's a trigger that you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. And you need to lean into it and get dopamine, get rewarded, have success so that you can stay on the ladder and stay on the rung and stay in the game before it gets so high that the quit reaction happens and you walk away. So you must deal with like a lot of people that are, they're stressed, they're, you know, they're at full capacity, their tank is full and you come into their home and you help them purge, you help them, it's almost probably like a cleansing. Mm And what happens, like, what are some of the reactions and some of the feelings after? I, like, I'm just curious, like, I, I would almost imagine, like, people fall in love with their home again, and they feel like a big weight's lifted off. It's almost like this boyfriend that you know you have to break up with and you don't want to, and then once you do it, it's like, oh, like, I feel 100 pounds lighter. Right. And I, I see people when they're ready to organize usually too, right? Yeah. It's not like a girlfriend having a glass of wine. And you're like, let's do the kitchen drawer. When people <laughs> call me, they're ready to go. They're ready. So, so that helps. Um, it is amazing, Tanya, because it's such a transformation. Like the home is like the base of the pyramid and everything is on top of that relationships, finance. Yeah. And, and when you can get your home in order and, and feel that good feeling, the rest just comes and, that's part of that neurology too. In, in mm-hmm. that meditation I do is there's an analogy of looking at the looking at the sky. And when you look at the sky, if it's full of clouds and if it's got thunder and it's got birds and planes and there's things in it, the contents in the sky, you can't see the sky. Mm-hmm. But if you practice 
and you know those things that are in the sky just come and go like emotions they come to go things in your house they come to go you don't have to hang on to them forever then you start to be able to see the sky mm -hmm. and that's a good feeling you know when you can sit back and look at that blue sky and not just notice all the contents but i think people in their homes they see the things in the sky they see the contents and then they become the contents mm -hmm. they lose sight of the sky they lose sight of peace they lose sight of that tranquil feeling and they lose sight of themselves they they start to identify with the things being them mm -hmm. and it's not and it's not right things come in to go and so what are some of the rules or guidelines around letting go of things like i've heard people say you know if you haven't used it in a season you let it go um you know, I laughed when you said wedding dress because my wedding dress is still, you know, in its so perfect is mine. little bag. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I need to let it go, I, but that's one thing I have. Yes, it's still go. there. Yeah. Um, you know, but like, what what are some of the we'll call them guidelines that you kind of uh, preach or implement with your clients about? Okay, you haven't used this in in this long, or is it a time period, or how does that work? Um, you you hit a couple of them there. You know, usually it's a year. We say. It's got to bring you joy. You know, it's got to work. I don't like to keep a lot of things in homes that don't work, that we have all good intentions, but sometimes you just got to let it go if it doesn't work. Because if you really haven't fixed it in a year, you're likely to not fix it. Um, but again, it, you know, these things are easier when I'm there and I'm present and I'm giving them permission to let go and I'm telling them the right places. Well, I take everything out. I take the garbage. I take all the good. Well, that's a big thing too, because there's nothing worse than having everything sit in a pile and then you still don't know what to do with it. A lot of kids, I have to hide it in black garbage bags before they come home too, because the moms are like, if they see that stuffy, they're going to freak out and they're going to want it back. So we, we do a lot of covert operations when the children are at school. Um, but for sure, a year, if you don't love it, if it, like you said, I think, you know, we've talked about that before, what your your vow is and and it's got to bring you joy it's got to make you happy or it's mm -hmm. just weight and yeah. that that weight takes there's a there's a huge cost cost of clutter whether we know it or not it's there's a subconscious cost of clutter and what like can you speak to that the cost of clutter like cost of clutter you know what is that for some people well i think clutter is really kind of just an unmade decision right and it, when i'm with my clients um they ask me, like I said, do, do I need this? And, and their body tells them first. It, there's just a, a mental health wellness cost to it. I think that you need to ask yourself, you know, am I worthy of having an awesome house? Am I worthy of having the house I want um, inside and outside? Am I worthy of having an easy house? Um, and it doesn't matter what you do for a living. It doesn't matter, it, like we were talking about a lawyer, who, you know, on boards, it doesn't matter. I stayed at home for a long time with my kids, but you need to be able to treat yourself better than that. And then you'll treat others better. Like the energy will flow to other people because you're happier yourself. Your husband will be happier. We've had a lot of happy husbands because they gave permission to their wives to get help. Mm, I like that. And sometimes husbands are my, um, I don't want to say enemy, but they're, the the rudder that stops the boat because they feel that they should be able to get it done themselves and we know we have kids i always say there's like tiers of work like 
tiers of things you can get one done like a tier one is is having a shower and eating tier two is you know maybe making plans with friends tier three is going on vacation when you have young kids you're not even getting tier one done like who are we kidding right so you're not going to get to those hobby type you know it's good to have a balance and i know women are really starting to do that more and it's fantastic but realistically sometimes we put ourselves last on the list and um if we're not happy we're the base of the mountain. Ain't mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that, hallelujah. That's good. And we need happy town. We need happy town. Yeah, well, you... even when my house is like, I come home to a clean house, I'm like, ah, oh, like it's just, it's, it changes things. And I, I, you know what, I'm just reflecting on some of the things that you've said. And when my cabinets are, you know, tidy and I can find everything and I laugh because uh, this was, I don't know, about a year ago, I came home and I was pounding meat and I, I had, I found three meat, meat powders. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I was what? like, how did we get three? Like, I don't even remember. So I, I literally recycled two of them. Right. I just, cause I'm like, who are you going to give a meat powder to? Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> it's the right thing to do, but it's funny how, again, it's all about finding the time who is going to find like on a Saturday, let's rip the kitchen apart. Let's take it right. every, cause the first step always is you have to take everything out. Uh, it looks like, and that's usually when the husbands come home and they're like, what the heck is going on here? Cause it looks like a disaster, the TSN turning point, And then it comes back together, but it, it's a messy job. And who wants to do that on a Saturday when you can go to Inglewood for a walk instead, right? A- so. Amen to that. So I'm going to kind of switch it up a little bit here, but like every, so everyone's organizational style is different and that's probably half the battle. And how do you help people understand, understand and accept their style? Because as you know, when we first sat down, like I've always admired your style. You have this very fresh, bright, like even your Instagram, like you just have this style about you. And if I tried to be like you, because I love your style, I would like, it would be an epic fail. And so I have my own style. So how do you help people embrace their style? Well, it's funny you say that. I I think of my good friend, Judy, because she, she taught me my style in a way too. And she was sort of a bit of a style coach for a while. And, um, I had to learn the skill. Like I thought I should just, I, I mean, you, you say it comes so naturally and it, it, it's, it's better now, but I remember working with Judy and I, I, I didn't know my style and now I know my style, so it's easier. And it's the same with organizational style. And I think it's hard when sometimes some of the TV shows and Instagrams represent this perfection. And so people think that um, a house with nothing on the counters and nothing out is how it has to be. But from 14 years of working with different styles, some people like to be able to see their things. I have a client, she's fantastic. Again, another woman who's involved in a million projects and always giving to people. And she didn't want a filing drawer. She wanted small three inch plastic, almost like craft boxes from Michael's with a label on the front with each project. And she had about 20 of them so she could take that bin go upstairs, work on it and bring it back. But she didn't want them hidden because then she was going to forget about them. So that's a style. Some people like things out. Hmm. They're visual artists. Usually I can tell pretty quickly, usually even almost by looking at somebody in a few conversations, what style they have, but they want things out. They need to be able to see things because if they 
if they're not there, it causes them a lot of anxiety. Mm. Some people like everything away. That's my style. I like, I get anxious if I come home and there's things on the countertop. So I've created places in the drawer to be able to put those things. Again, I'm kind of the, the horses in front of the cart because I could set up those systems. But if you're somebody who wants all the clutter gone and you can't put it in the drawers because the clutter is in the drawers, but the things you use are out on the counters, there's nowhere to put it. So that's when we need to get into those drawers and get those things out of the drawers that you haven't used for a year so that you can get the clutter off the top into the drawers. Does that make sense? So there's visual and there's non-visual people and there's people who like micro organization and there's people who just want it, want one basket for the whole family's gloves, mitts, scarves, toques, whatever. Some people want it down to the child, down to mitts, down to scarves. They want it micro organized. So I have to be able to understand their style because I don't want to leave at the end of the day and then say, well, this doesn't work for me, or I don't like this, or I can't keep this up. Mm-hmm. If we don't get into their style, they will not be able to maintain it because they don't like it. Yeah. Interesting. And so do you find sometimes you help people find a style? Because yeah, some people sure. might not even know what their yeah, style 100%. is. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's the problem is people look at some of these um, Instagrams and they think that that's who they should be and they've never learned that it's okay that they're somebody they're artistic or they want pegboard or they want shelves and they want to be able to see everything and so some people have that sort of leadership like that that one client who who suggested actually that's how we set it up and then some people I have to coach to say seems like you need to be able to see your coffee in the morning or whatever you're seeing and it's okay it's okay with them some people will hang their coat over a banister every single day when the closet is is actually closer than the banister. <laughs> so you need to take the doors off that closet and they need to have cooks so they can just drop it and it's easy. And they don't they don't care to see the things because it doesn't bother them. It doesn't bother them. Whereas it would bother me. Yeah. I like it to have behind closed doors. So there's different styles and they're all okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we need to not judge each other's styles either. Yeah, because um, everyone's style is unique. Right. But mostly what we see on TV and, and Instagram is is perfection. So I'm kind of sensitive to not post my style because it is clean and crisp and monochromatic colors all in the same tone. Some people like bright colors. So you need to be conscious that there are different styles. Well, let's talk about your Instagram. Oh my. Because you have a beautiful Instagram page visually. I wouldn't expect anything less from you. But like, let's chat about that because you have gained a lot of followers organically, which is very important for our listeners to hear. You did not pay for them. And I know you didn't because your engagement is really good. I've looked into oh you, Mango, lightly. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, I know. I know a little bit about social media. So you have gained a lot of followers. I think you're up to almost 70,000 now. Is that correct? So, yeah. Organically. So how did, how did that happen? And don't be shy. You're very modest. And I love that about you, but I just want it real, girl. Like, okay. how did this happen? Here it is. Well, I am modest, but I'm, I am determined. So I knew right away, actually, my boyfriend came back from a conference in Atlanta. And um, he, because he's sort of further ahead on this path than me. And he introduced me to this world of social media and I, I'd always thought I could post some before and after pictures, but I didn't really think of the impact I might be able to have. So he coached me a lot on what I could do. And, um, I thought, well, I can do this cause I'm not really afraid of much except dancing, but, <laughs> and sometimes and people ask questions about yourself and yeah, <laughs> talking. Squirms. Um, 
anyway, so I knew I needed to somehow have some collaborations and I follow Go Clean Co and she was moving and she was my client in that she was so stressed out. She was the perfect client. She was screaming for help on her stories saying, I'm moving, I'm look at my house, look at the boxes, what am I gonna do? And she was like curled up on a ball on the floor. So I DM'd her and didn't get a reply. I called some friends, I said, who knows her? Let's get together, I need to get in front of this girl. She seems amazing, but most of all, I wanna help her, but this is what we do. Like we can make your pain go away in a day. And um, she kept posting. So she was building this momentum of help me, help me. And she's, you know, she has 2 million followers and they were all like, we need to help you. How can we get help? And uh, I sent her a letter, an email, and she said, no, she said, I don't need, I don't need your help. And, uh, and the reason why was that she'd had um, a bit of a family crisis and she was in that state of paralysis where she, um, she kind of didn't know what to do and she th thought she could get her own team in. So I called her again and she said, okay, absolutely. So I went there and she is honestly, and it is one of the kindest people I've ever met and generous and g helped me so much beyond just me taking her on as a client. We nailed it, we did the job and she was happy, but she's been a bit of a mentor ever since. So yeah. when I helped her, the followers came over and that's where they came from. And then uh, Julian oh, yes. Harris. Tell us Julian about Harris. Jillian yeah. Harris. So my niece, yeah, my niece sent me a text. Anyway, I, I need to thank Sarah. She is an amazing, amazing give back to women woman. Like she is amazing. So there's no doubt in my mind why she is successful and as loved as she is because she is an amazing human being so i only hope that maybe i can help some people with their small businesses and since she posted a couple of days ago about helping me people have dm'd me and so i'm starting to be able to help a couple of smaller businesses in calgary um, maybe get the word out on some things they have that are pretty awesome organizational tools but jillian yeah so do my, tell. I, I can now but my niece sent me a picture of Jillian Harris's junk drawer and it was the same thing as Sarah. I'm like, we need to this, we need to do this. So I actually said to Sarah, how can I get in front of Jillian? Like this is, she needs help. And um, so I did the same thing, sent, sent Jillian a message. But before I could even start down that path, Sarah had already made the connection with Jillian because she knew her and, and said, we're going, we're gonna do a three-way collaboration in October. Uh, you and your team are going to organize for four days and then we're going to come in and sweep and clean every square inch of her house. So Jillian's delighted. I was there yesterday all day and, um, and it'll be fun. So fun. And mm -hmm. she seems super down to earth. She is. Yeah. And she, you know, she, she's now everything that I described yeah. in this conversation. She is a busy woman. Like we all are with two young kids. I don't know how she does it. And her house is kind of the thing that gets left yeah. a bit. Um, so she's pretty excited because we want to get some systems in for her, for her business and for her kids and her growing family so that she can maintain it. Yeah. Well, congrats to you. What a, what a fun job. Fun. I mean, not just Jillian, but the fun that you can help clients see past things that they can't get them out of a rut 
help them feel renewed again. Like it's what keeps me going, Tanya. It's so rewarding. Job, like the joy you must get. It is amazing. Well, I love it. I absolutely love it. I am almost too much. I'm a little bit work obsessed. I I have to make sure I keep looking at the sky and see the blue sky, and because I love what I do, and I would work. Well, sometimes I work 37 days in a row and book every weekend, and. And you need to keep a balance. We all you need do because you have kids, you have a man in your life. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you have to have that balance and find joy in the things that aren't work, even right. though your work brings you joy. Right. So, what have you vowed to yourself in life? Well, I think I, I almost said it. You know, since I started the Yoga Nidra, and I, I do want to introduce this to the people I know soon. Some of my clients, I've told them about it, and. Because I've taken the courses, I can walk them through a 30-minute nidra. But it's it's really the coolest thing, and it keeps me so grounded. Um, And I want to introduce it to people because it allows me to get perspective and to not be so up against my that voice, my Mm -hmm. thoughts. And it, it just gives you a perspective shift so that you can then see the sky and not always just see the contents and the problems and it enables you to let go of the story and not get caught up in the drama. And maybe I'm just getting older and wiser, but to me, it's the tool that has helped me manage my ADD and manage my um, impulsivity just to slow down Mm -hmm. and put my feet in the water when I'm driving home and stop on the side of the road and be more present. Mm -hmm. So back to your question is just, um, just try to stay grounded and to try to not get caught in the, the contents to see the container, really mm-hmm. see the big picture. Ooh, that's a fitting statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love <Yes>. it. <laughs> um, so we always like to kind of end the podcast with spotlighting a charity of choice. Mm-hmm. Now, what we're going to do today is something very different, and I'm super excited about it. So, Megan, you have a lot of things in your business that you take out of homes for people you want to repurpose, you want to give, and... And you are looking for uh, a charity or two that you can donate to and collaborate with. I so am. that's yeah. That's... Yes, so it's beautiful. So, like, tell us what maybe the perfect, like, what kind of stuff are we talking about? So our listeners can say, oh my gosh, this charity would be great, or this charity. Right. Everything you find in a home. Everything you find. Everything in you home. find in a home. People will let go of things when they know it's going to a good place, and I always assure them that I will take it to whatever charity they want um, we take a lot to goodwill because it's very close to where i live and i have a trailer that's large and and it's very important to take it out that day but i have taken it to some other um i've taken a lot to women in need i've i we have to get it out or it just just gets stored in my garage and i vow i vowed to never store things for people because it just accumulates right and it, it causes you to feel anxious because you know you have something to do which is get rid of it so I would love 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 to find someone who has um, an agency or a facility or something where we could donate it to and and honestly we could furnish it's not furniture so much it's the contents mm-hmm. the um, accessories the accessories people who need it people who are new to the country people who are going through um financial problems, whatever. I would love to find that, Tanya. Okay, so to all our listeners out there, listen up. We're looking for a company, a non-for-profit, something that we can donate these items to. 
from Go Simplified and collaborate. So if you have any suggestions, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, DM me, message Meg, go lightly. She's Go Simplified. Meg, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. You guys, I'm looking at your smiling faces and it just, I'm not nervous at all anymore. Oh, I was so nervous coming in. Oh, you did so well, fun. You did such a beautiful job. And I always say to people, don't be nervous because no. it's just a conversation and you know your business right. better than anybody. And yeah. you knocked it out of the park. Well, and it is good. You know, I reminded myself on the way over here that that anxiety is good. It's, you know, it's built into us for a reason. And if you lean into it, you can get rewarded. And then you're likely going to do it again. So that's that's what I coach people to do. So I thought I can't I can't not do it myself. So. No. Well, thank you. You knocked it out of the park, girl. Thanks. Well, thank you, Tanya. Thank you, babe. Thank you for tuning into The Vow, Voice of Women. We truly hope that you've enjoyed today's speaker. We hope that they've inspired you, made you think outside the box, and given you some points that you can apply to your everyday lives. Please subscribe to our podcast, rate us. If there's any suggestions you can make or feedback, we would love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in.